Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for Easter Sunday, the resurrection of the Lord. Uh, Happy Easter, everyone. If you're listening to this before Easter, happy Holy Week. Um, I know this is not an ideal uh, situational Holy Week for us. Um, For most of us, it's probably going to look like just staying at home with our immediate family. Um, And that is difficult. You know, for me, it's difficult. For all of us, it's difficult. But uh, I just encourage you to, to remember that it's Holy Week no matter what. You know, no matter what our worldly um, or temporal situation looks like, God is still God and Holy Week is still Holy Week. And that's not going to change. He is the constant in a world that is constantly changing and uh, fluctuating. Um, And so I do wish you a happy, you know, happy Holy Week. And uh, it can still be happy, even though it's, it's abnormal. So we're going to start with the first reading, which is Acts chapter 10, verses 34a and 37 to 43. Peter proceeded to speak and said, You know what has happened all over Judea. Beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. This man God raised on the third day and granted that he be visible, not to all the people but to us, the witnesses chosen by God in advance, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commissioned us to preach to the people, and testify that he is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him will receive forgiveness of sins through his name. I just love uh, Peter in Acts of the Apostles, and I love the conversion that happens um, in him. You know, just... uh, days prior to this, maybe 50, 60 days prior to this, um, to the beginning of Acts of the Apostles, Peter denied knowing Jesus, right? Um, And yet now we have in Acts of the Apostles, Peter giving these big, long, powerful sermons and very convincing and and, uh, converting sermons that cause a lot of people to get baptized, which is amazing. And so I think it just goes to show us that, you know, God can use any of us. We're never too far gone. And our sin does not have to hold us back from being a tool. 
that God uses to bring about um, a greater glory. And so this is really, you know, this is the first reading on Easter Sunday because it kind of summarizes the passion and then, you know, it leaves us with a call to action, um, which is that we can receive forgiveness of sins through his name. It's only through the name of Jesus. It's only forgiveness through the name of Jesus. Um, you know, when we go to confession and we confess our sins, it's not the priest forgiving us. He is working in the person of Jesus. And it's because of Jesus's death um, that we don't have to pay the penalty for sin anymore. But it's not just his death, it's his resurrection that brings about our salvation because through his resurrection, he has defeated uh, death and the power of sin. And sin does not have to have power over us anymore in our lives. The second reading is from the letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Brothers and sisters, if then you were raised with Christ, seek what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. So this is a reading that we've read on the podcast before, but this, this, these last few verses are really striking me. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I think that's a really interesting line, that you have died. So what does that mean? I think it means that um, that we've died to our old ways of life, right? Through our baptism, we have, we have died to our old selves. And, you know, we, we are, we're really buried. Our old selves are buried in, in the grave with, with Christ, um, just as Christ was buried. Um, and yet we're raised to this new life just as Christ is raised from the dead. So I think that your life is hidden with Christ in God. I think that's a really interesting image um, that kind of like when Christ was buried, he wasn't actually buried forever. You know what I mean? It wasn't a forever thing. It's kind of just like he was hiding uh, for a bit before he reveals himself through the resurrection. I just think that's an interesting word choice. Um, at that, and then when Christ your life appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. You know, our, our being reborn from the waters of baptism is, is a reappearance in glory. And although it, it sometimes might not seem like that, you know, it's not like when, when you get baptized, you appear, um, any different physically when you come out of the water, but your soul is changed after that. Um, because you're freed of original sin. So there is this soul deep change that happens when we're baptized and we, we become a new creation in Christ. I'm going to read to you now the... Um, the sequence for Easter Sunday. It's called the sequence Victame Pascali Lauds. And 
I looked it up. It's credited to, um, they're not exactly sure, uh, but it was written sometime between the 11th and 12th uh, century. Um, yeah, it's credited to a few different um, like bishops and kind of church figures, but it doesn't seem like they have an exact date on it. But anyway, I want to read it too because it's beautiful. Christians to the pastel, Paschal Victim, offer your thankful praises. A lamb the sheep redeems. Christ, who only is sinless, reconciles sinners to the Father. Death and life have contended in that compact stupendous. The Prince of Life who died reigns immortal. Speak, Mary, declaring what you saw wayfaring. The tomb of Christ who is living, the glory of Jesus' resurrection. Bright angels attesting, the shroud and napkin resting. Yes, Christ, my hope is arisen. To Galilee he goes before you. Christ indeed from death is risen, our new life obtaining. Have mercy, Victor King, ever reigning. Amen. Alleluia. So for those that, um, you know, for those that will, um, will go to Mass that day and not on, on the Paschal, um, on the Easter Vigil, that will be the first time that you hear that, that Alleluia um, in the context of the liturgy. And what a, what a beautiful moment that will be. Um, especially right now we need an alleluia. We need it. Um, I love, uh, this line. Um, oh, where is it? Oh, death and life have contended in that combat stupendous. The prince of life who died reigns immortal. I just love that image of, of this battle between God and Satan and life and death and that that Jesus is always going to be the one who comes out as victor for us and that Satan really has no, no power over Christ. Um, and that he has, in, the, in that last line, um, he has obtained for us new life. Um, it's just really, really all, very beautiful images in this, in this Paschal um, sequence. Okay, so now we'll read the Gospel, which is John chapter 20, verses 1 to 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one whom had arrived first at the tomb, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. So John's account of the resurrection is so interesting because um, it has some slight differences than um, than the other um, synoptic gospel accounts. Um, for example, the time of day that this happens. In John's gospel, it's still dark outside, whereas Mark says the sun had risen. Matthew said it's dawning. Luke uh, refers to early dawn, 
Um, and so John says it's still dark outside. Does it really matter? No, but it's just interesting to note those like slight um, differences, right? Um, and so the interesting thing is that Mary sees the stone removed, um, but she doesn't go in. She doesn't really approach the, the empty tomb. Um, and she doesn't see Jesus, um, in John's, in John's gospel, um, Jesus appears to her after this. So, um, so she, all she sees is the stone removed and that's enough for her to go to Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, who is John, because John, as the author of the gospel, never refers to himself in the first person. He calls himself the beloved disciple. And it says, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So how does she know that? You know, it's, it's, she only saw the stone removed. Um, so in, in this time period, um, th getting a tomb was ex expensive. You know, think about when Jesus is taken down from the cross. Um, it's a wealthy man, Joseph of Arimathea, who gives up his tomb for Jesus's body to be, to be placed. Tombs were a really expensive, uh, real estate investment. And even now in Jerusalem, it's like, uh, um, if you want to be buried near the Mount of Olives or anywhere near like the, the temple, uh, near old city, it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think like a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so yeah, the, it's like, it, this is expensive. And so they didn't have anywhere to put him. So this Joseph Faramathia gave up his tomb, but anyway, um, so seeing the stone removed from the tomb would indicate to Mary, she doesn't ha even have to go in that something is wrong because those, the stone in front of the tomb is very, very heavy and no one would go in there except to do what she was going to do, which was to anoint Jesus. Um, so she already knows something's wrong. She knows that someone took his body. So this is really interesting. It says Peter and the other disciple who we know is John, um, went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but did not go in. To someone reading this, and this always kind of makes me giggle because it kind of seems like John, who is, you know, the credited as writing this gospel, is kind of like stroking his ego and, and saying, you know, me and Peter both ran, but I got there first. I was, I'm like a faster runner than him. But that's not why the author notes this. It's that even though John got there first, he does not go in. He allows Peter to go in first. And this is kind of out of respect for Peter as, you know, the Pope, the head of, um, of the apostles. So Peter goes into the tomb first. And so when they see the burial cloths there, that this is a really, really big indication that the tomb has not been robbed and that Jesus's body has not been stolen because burial cloths were expensive and valuable. So if someone was going to rob a tomb, they also would have definitely taken the burial cloths. Um, and also it says they saw the cloth that covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. This is a really big indication, again, that the tomb has not been robbed because what robber is going to take the time to neatly fold 
uh, the head cloth and then put it down separately from the other burial cloth, the shroud. Of course not. Like, if anyone was robbing, they would just they would have just thrown it down. Well, first of all, they would have taken it with them for sure. Like I said, because it's valuable, but they wouldn't. No robber takes the time to clean up his mess after he's, you know, rummaged through someone's stuff. You know what I mean? So, that's a really strong indication that something's up, and he has not. Jesus's tomb has not been robbed. Something else is going on here. Um, and so it says he saw and believed. They believed that that something greater is going on and that Jesus has risen from the dead because it's really the only explanation because his body hasn't been stolen, the tomb hasn't been robbed uh, because of those burial cloths being there. That's how we know. So like I said, I wish you all a very happy Easter and a happy Holy Week as you prepare for your Easter Sunday. Um, just remember that no matter you know, what's your Easter situation, how you're going to be celebrating. It is still a celebration because no matter what, no matter where we are, no matter what sickness or, or difficulty, Jesus is still risen. He is still alive and that's never going to change. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out a shower of roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.